this is Pastor Dan. Welcome to the second Worship by Phone recording posted during the week of Sunday, May 31st. This recording is about 20 minutes long. It's longer than usual for two reasons. The first is that included in this recording is a message that I gave and a liturgy read by Gail Justice and Stephanie Smith, both having been recorded during our online Pentecost communion service on May 31st. The second is that joining us for worship today is Paul Sawamba. He will be giving an update on what's going on with him, read scripture for us, and also teach us a few words in Bemba, a language spoken back in his home congregation in Zambia. This past Sunday was Pentecost, the day we remember when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, and also the day regarded as the birthday of the church. Thanks to Paul, Stephanie, and Gail, who also recorded the music, for being a part of this worship service by phone. Call this number back at any time this week to listen to this recording again, and call this number back each week to hear a new recording. So now, here's Paul. Hello, everybody. This is Paul Siwamba. I wish all of you to keep safe and healthy in this COVID-19 situation. A message to my April family, I've really missed you. I've really missed your physical contact. Though we are together in spirit, but that physical aspect is still missed, greatly missed. Uh, currently, I would say I'm now Moravian Seminary Alumni, class of 2020. I graduated on May 9th. I'm not yet completely done with the thesis, but I'm glad I've accumulated all the 60 pages required. So I'm just waiting for the professors to work on that, then I'm done. I'm planning to get back home. My ticket is ready with me for July 9th. My family back home, is very well. They are, everybody is expecting me now. They are waiting anxiously to see me back and join them. Yeah, it would be a good experience, I believe. And uh, on the other side, it will, it will be a sad moment for me leaving you, my new family here. You've been so good to me. You've been so close to me. You've been very helpful, both in my physical requirement and also in my spiritual journey. Edgebro family, I have a million of ways to say thank you, but I can't express them all in one moment. The other thing is, um, I'll get the graduation gown from the seminary but I would love to take photos in that graduation ceremony with, of course, a number of uh, Edinburgh Moravian members or a number of you, my family, at some points here at the seminary. Yeah, of course, we're going to observe the social distance, but those photos will be a very big memory for me when I get back home. 
Paul, we're really excited for you that uh, that you've graduated. I know that that 60-page thesis you've already written, so that's a huge accomplishment as well, just waiting for things to be finalized. Uh, mm. And uh, we we hope that, uh, that that in the near future we can be uh, creative and, and, and give you opportunities to say goodbye and, and have opportunities for us to say goodbye as well. And, and, and as you mentioned, pictures and all that stuff, I think that would be great. So we're, we're putting this service together uh, after Pentecost and uh, eventually uh, you'll be reading the text for us then. But before we get there, knowing that Pentecost has a lot to do with, uh, with, uh, with, with a diversity of people speaking different languages and then even understanding different languages and also knowing that symbols of the Holy Spirit are both fire and wind, I wanted to ask you, knowing that you speak a different language, maybe you could teach us two different words that, that have a lot to do with Pentecost today. So one of those words that I want to know, how, how, how do you say fire in Bemba? In Bemba, because Bemba is the language most of our congregation use back home in Zambia, where I'm pastor. Um, the word for fire in Bemba is called umulilo. 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 How do you how do you spell that? U M U L I L O. U M U L I L O. Yes. You muli. Umulilo. Umulilo, yes. Umulilo. Umulilo is fire. Okay. Yes. So what about wind? Wind is umuela. And how do you spell that? U-M-W-E-L-A. Umuela. Exactly. So umulilo and umuela. Exactly. Fire and wind. Oh, thanks, Paul. I, I'm, I'm learning more Bemba from you than I ever have in my entire life. Bible reading is coming from the book, the, the Gospel of John, John chapter 20, verse 19 to 22. The Bible reads, When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. 
As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This week was one of the hardest weeks of ministry that I've ever experienced. Uh, now, I know that might be diminished a little bit, considering I'm, I've only been an ordained pastor a month shy of four years. Uh, but I'm pretty sure if you talk to my colleagues, uh, they'd say it was an unusually difficult week as well. So let me kind of walk you through that. At the beginning of last week, it pained me to see the last of my summer plans get canceled because of the pandemic. Uh, all the Moravian summer camps in North America are closed. Uh, VBS has been canceled here. Uh, Synod has been postponed. A leadership retreat of mine is postponed. Uh, our family vacations have been canceled. Uh, and a racial justice pilgrimage to Atlanta for all of the Moravian clergy in the Northern Province that we we're gonna go on in September uh, has been delayed until next year. So I saw all that coming. But even when you do see that coming, even when you know it's for good reason, uh, we all know because we've all, I'm sure, had this experience, uh, it, it, it still stings when things are canceled, especially canceled because of this pandemic, because of reasons that are outside of our control, uh, because we want to keep people safe, yet it's, it still stings to have those things canceled. And then my heart hurt more because of the pandemic. It pains me to know that this pandemic has been politicized. And the church was invoked last week by our president calling on churches to reopen. And so it pains me now to know that, that some people might now see a political stance associated with the church based on how soon a church opens or how long it stays closed when all the church was ever trying to do was keep the people that we love, our own flock, safe. Pile that onto the daunting task of how to reopen safely and the crazy long list of precautions and disinfecting tasks and worrying about exposing certain vulnerable people and being concerned with aspects of worship that we just did automatically before and now we have to think about every crazy little detail because of it. And then still struggling with the fact that we can't safely sing as a congregation until we have a vaccine all while hoping and praying that you are well at home because we can't see each other like we used to. My heart hurt even more later, than now this being early in the week, when the U.S. passed 100,000 coronavirus deaths. Now, this isn't a number that our minds can actually count and understand. We know it is a number and we you know, use that number maybe when it comes to finances or even a number of people, but it's not a number that our minds can actually quantify and wrap our minds around. The New York Times front page that came out a couple of days ago, which many of us may have seen, was, was really sad. Name after name after name of those who we've lost, and they only list a thousand names. That's 1% of all, of all whom we've lost in this country, meaning that we would need 99 more pages like that to list all 100,000. So my heart hurt already because of all of that and, and more because of the pandemic that I didn't just name. 
And then came George Floyd. It, it hurt to see him killed. It hurts to know that, that so many black men around this country fear that their lives are going to end in the same way. It hurts to know that, that so many black families are grieving and are fearing for their children's lives. It hurts to know that black families have to have conversations about their children about how to behave around white people and especially white people in authority positions. Conversations that I know I never had with my parents while growing up. It hurts to know that protest after protest after protest has to be done because the last one fell on deaf ears. It hurts to know that, that this is everywhere in our country. Protests are everywhere right now. They're all over the country and they're here too. Hundreds and hundreds of people gathered here in Bethlehem and in Allentown last night to protest and hundreds more will do the same in Easton today. Now, while the message itself was encouraging and entirely appropriate, it, it also hurts to know that the superintendent of our own school district had to send a letter out to students because they are scared of what they see happening around them. It hurts to know that there are people who are no longer protesting or who were never protesting at all, people who aren't even from Minneapolis or wherever these protests are taking place. And they're using these gatherings to spark violence and vandalism. Though I think it's also important to mention in the same breath that there are plenty of people who are peacefully protesting and who are helping to clean up the mess left behind by others. While we hurt, while we see events like this, and, and, and trust me, I didn't really expect to, to get into it this deeply in a matter of a couple minutes, but I think these things we are all feeling. And so when we hurt, when we see events like this, when we're overwhelmed by life, we pray for peace to calm everything down, to restore everything to what it was. And I think calmness and restoration are elements of peace, but there's another part of peace that we need desperately right now. And I think Jesus means this each time. He uses the word peace like he does in today's assigned gospel reading. You should know that the Greek word for peace is irene. It's spelled with our the, the alphabet characters, the ones that we're familiar with, E followed by the actual name Irene, but pronounced Irene. The root of that word comes from Iro, E-I-R-O, which means to join together and make whole. And this pairs perfectly with the Hebrew understanding of peace, shalom, which Jesus the rabbi would have been really familiar with. Shalom isn't just calmness, but it's wishing that the kingdom of God was visible on earth. Peace is when our world is joined together with the kingdom of God. We need that peace now more than ever. And if Jesus comes to us with his peace, with that peace, and expects us to be peacemakers, as he refers to in his Sermon on the Mount, then this means we need to do better. Because clearly there are people in our neighborhoods who do not feel loved, who do not feel cared for, who do not feel heard, who do not feel safe, who do not feel protected 
who do not see justice and righteousness, who do not see all the characteristics that come with the kingdom of God. There are people in our midst who are not experiencing the kingdom of God and therefore not experiencing peace. So as peacemakers, in a time of unrest and in a time during this pandemic, as called disciples of Christ, in the presence of our Savior, we ask for mercy, we ask for forgiveness, we ask for healing, and then we ask for another chance. So I pray that the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, may the kingdom of God be known throughout this world by Christ's church, by us, in the name of our Lord, who brings all of us this peace. So let us now continue in our worship as we pray for peace, pray for the kingdom of God to be known here, not just by us, but by our neighbors, our brothers and our sisters, and by all. How can I see my sister's tears when I do not know her pain? How can I carry my brother's load when I'm too concerned about my own? How can I recognize a hungry journey when my belly's full? How can I have compassion for another when I cannot see beyond myself? How can I confirm the purity of others when I do not know my inner child? How can I celebrate a stranger's joy when I do not know the dance? Interceding spirit, through you we hear and are heard. We see and are seen. We know and are known. We open our hearts in prayer. Listen to the depths of our hearts and where there are no words, speak on our behalf. Holy Spirit, we confess that we live in a sinful world where thought, word, and deed threaten the purity of our souls. If there is selfishness, discord, or dishonor, restore us to the image in which we were created. Our hearts become your kingdom when somewhere someone is kind when others are unkind. Somewhere someone shares with another in need. Somewhere someone returns good for evil. Somewhere someone shares or serves another in love. Somewhere someone is calm in a storm. Somewhere someone is loving everyone. Let, Let that, that someone, someone be me. me.